Okay, folks, we're going to uh, open our Bibles today and have a look at some thoughts from the Word of God as we uh, as we love to do. I really enjoyed those testimonies we just had before, some great stories there of uh, what the Lord's done in people's lives, and we know we've got many great testimonies and stories uh, within this room and all over the world, but we uh, we just love to hear them. They're so encouraging of the great things people God does in people's lives. It's, it's very good. If you want to start with me by um, turning to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 3. Book of Revelation. And in verse 3. This is a part of the message that was uh, recorded to one of the seven churches, uh, the church of, uh, of Sardis. And uh, we just read here, it says, Remember therefore... How thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Um, I want to talk a bit about watching and searching. And today, that's sort of the thought I want to have a look at. But what I find fascinating about this first verse is the instruction given to them was they were told to remember not what they had received, but how. And um, and of course, we know how we received our relationship with God. It was through the born-again experience, through being born of water and of the Spirit. And um, they were told to watch if they didn't want to get caught out by the return of Jesus Christ being a surprise to them. In uh, In Luke chapter 21, verse 36, I'll quote this one. It says, Jesus said, watch. And the word watch actually means to be sleepless, to to keep awake, is what he's saying. He says, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He was referring to the signs of the times and before his return. And, I, and as I said, today I want to have a look at the at the, at the difference between searching and watching. And um, we've been found by the Lord. And um, we, uh, our, hopefully, for all of us here, our search, our soul search, well, it's finished. We've found the truth. We've found the purpose and the meaning to our lives. And God actually hasn't called us to search through this world anymore. He's called us to search through his word and to search him out. But as far as like so much of this world is doing. It's searching for answers, for hope, for purpose. We don't have to do that anymore. What we are able to do is to watch, to see what God is doing. And um, what got me thinking a bit about this was, uh, on, uh, was on the 16th of November, so a couple of, couple of weeks back, it was actually the 44th um, anniversary of uh, what was known as the Arecibo message. Some people have heard of that before. It's a giant um, satellite dish in Puerto Rico. And 44 years ago, they sent out this message into outer space in this little star cluster, uh, this message that had a whole bunch of information about um, about Earth, a little bit about, um, you know, uh, who we are and some of our, our minerals and um, just a bunch of data that was supposed to find uh, was by an organisation called uh, SETI, um, a search for uh, extraterrestrial intelligent life, something like that. 
it's, a, it's an acronym. And so they put, put it out there, and it just got me thinking that the world is searching. It is constantly searching, whether it's looking out into the heavens or whether people are searching in here and trying to f- fulfill a, a void or something or purpose or meaning through the things they can get hold of them to, the, to themselves. Whatever it is, people are searching. And the Bible tells us that because... Because man didn't want to retain God in their knowledge in Romans chapter 1, then he gave them over to a, a mind that is lacking spiritual judgment, discernment, the ability to tell what's right and wrong, and, and I suppose it, it lacks, they're lacking a fear or an obedience to the Creator. And because of that, we end up searching in the wrong place. People in this world are searching in the wrong place. And God actually made contact with us from the beginning. He's the one that made contact with mankind. And um, if you've ever played the game uh, colder or warmer, if you've ever done that, we've got to look for something in a room and someone will say colder, warmer, warmer when you're getting close. Well, the world's doing it and God's saying colder, you're getting colder. You're going the wrong way, you're getting colder, but they keep pushing that way. And in Isaiah, I want to have a look at this scripture, in Isaiah chapter 65, turn back there with me. We read in verse 1, it says, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me, unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Another translation puts that, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call my name. All day long I've held out my hands to a people who refuse to change their opinion and course of action, who walk in the wrong path, who follow their own imaginations. And that's a, a very good description of our world as a, as a whole, you know. Um, of course, we know. We came to be here because there's individuals in the world who... In here we're going, I want to know what the truth is. And of course the Lord finds those people, his sheep hear his voice and he brings them in. And the Lord has already set in place, right from the beginning, a desire to have a relationship with his people. He's always wanted it. When we, uh, when we look at the story of the garden with Adam and Eve, uh, we could think of the time of Noah when he wanted people to get on board the ark. He wanted to save people. He wanted a relationship. With Moses, through the Old Testament law, he wanted to put a people that would be his people that he could have a relationship with. And the time that we find ourselves in, in the New Testament time, where Jesus Christ wants to come and live inside of us and have a relationship with us. And God is not calling uh, for us to search for out in the stars for extraterrestrial life. He said, you won't find your answer there. The Bible actually refers to, to three heavens. There's three realms it refers to. I'm just going to have a quick look at it. If you want to turn with me to to Genesis chapter 1. First one is our immediate atmosphere, our our sky. When we look up and you see the fluffy uh, white clouds and the nice blue 
sky that hopefully we get to enjoy sometimes. We're going to see about that being spoken about here. Genesis 1 verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he the seas. And God saw that it was good. In the in the creation of the earth, God separated a heaven. It's referred to as, as heaven, our natural sky. There's another uh, There's another... Heaven, there's, there's three we're going to look at all together. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, you would like to turn there. And we read in verse, uh, verse 19. It says, it's talking about not making idols. But it talks about in verse 19, it says, Unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars and all the host of heaven, shouldst be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. So there's this second heaven. It's the, it's the part that I guess men are reaching out into, the universe and the stars and the planets and that incredible vastness that we can't even really begin to comprehend. But then there's another heaven that's referred to, and it's the last one, the third heaven, the home of God. And uh, if we have a look in Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24. It says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Paul, the apostle, made mention in Second Corinthians chapter 12, he said about, he said, he knew a man in Christ a number of years ago. He said, caught up into the third heaven. And he said, whether in body or not, I cannot tell. He was talking about being shown as he was getting given revelation by the Lord of being caught up to see where God where God dwells. So these these three heavens and now our world is searching for the answers in the stars and the moon. And of course the Bible tells us that God's handiwork it declares the glory of God. It says that there's not a language or a speech that can't or that can't be understood. There's a, that, that nobody could understand from what is displayed and shown there. It is, uh, it is the handiwork of God, but it's not where we find the Lord. Um, Paul tells us that we don't need to search for God because he already came here to us. Um, we don't need to search for him in the heavens. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into, or it means through the heavens, and it's plural, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession of our faith. The heaven that we sing about, we come here and we sing choruses, we speak about when we all get to heaven, we sing that song, don't we? We're not talking about when we all just go into the sky or when we all uh, maybe go up and swirl around in the stars. It's actually talking about when we all get to be in the presence of God. 
where we get to be in his home, we, we sing, well, what a day of rejoicing it'll be. And, you know, the way through God's intelligence that he, that he has planned, that he has ordained, that he would contact us, that he would communicate with us, he's, he's already laid it down. He told us how he would do it. We know the passage well, I'll, I'll quote it. But in Isaiah 28, verse 11, he says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is how I'll communicate with people. And he says, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. This is the thing that will end the search. This is the thing that will be the answer you're looking for. And, um, of course, we know there are many people who, uh, who don't want to know about it, but we know there's many people who do, and there's many people who are looking for the truth. I was watching a... Um, a documentary uh, just recently, it's been around for a while, and um, it's called In the Shadow of the Moon, and it's to do with nine, uh, the nine men, it starts at the start of this, uh, this documentary that says, look, these are the only people that we know of that have ever touched or stood on another terrestrial body, they stood on the moon, and um, the only, only men on this planet at that time that have visited another world, and it's very interesting to hear what people that have done that have to say because that's a very, very rare thing indeed. And um, it, it talks about their lives. And one, one of the men, uh, Mike Collins, he was explaining, he said, for me, he said, it's really unusual. He said, it's like everybody else. He said, I can uh, look up and I can see the moon in the sky like everybody else does and I can see whether it's full or a half moon or a slither. He said, but then, he said, I've, I've got to pinch myself. I've got this reality in my life where I stood on the moon and it was my home for three days. And they all began to, uh, a number of the people we interviewed, these, these astronauts, were giving their perspective on how it changed their thinking. Um, another one of them just said, look, he said it was science and technology that got us up here. And, uh, and they're showing some incredible footage in this documentary, looking back at Earth from a long, long you know, way away. And he said, but when I got up there, I realised it was nothing, science and technology got us here. Well, I think the Lord allowed it too, but he, he said it didn't explain anything of what I saw. He said, I knew there had to be something a lot bigger than, uh, than, than what we know, that there had to be a power and understanding. He said, even bigger than the man-made religions of this world, something bigger that put all of this here. And he said it was just so apparent to him. Um, there was another guy, he said, look, my father, he was born not long after the Wright brothers, and he said... He couldn't, he could barely believe that I went to the moon, he was saying. And he said, and I told my five-year-old son, and he said he didn't think that was much of a big deal, going to the moon. You know, <laughs> and it's just, just incredible. And one other guy, he said, you know what? He said, I was up there and I could put my thumb out and I could cover the whole earth with my thumb. And he said, just being able to, you know, he said, all of the, the things that are going on on this planet, all your personal problems, your business, your relationships, your family, he said, everything you've ever known, you can stick your thumb up and it's gone. And he said the impact that has on you is, uh, is incredible. And, and these are just people that have been to the moon. It, it's, a, it's a rocket, it's not particularly inhabitable as far as we know, and it's not that far away from Earth in the scheme of things. And this is the kind of impact that has on people's lives. Now God, in his relationship with us, he's not talking about taking us to the moon. He's talking about not taking us into the to the sky or into the stars. He's talking about taking us into his realm to be with him forever. And you think, what kind of impact 
should that have on our lives? What kind of vision and what kind of, uh, what stirring of the soul should that give us? And I'm just thinking with these nine men, if we were, there's a few people I imagine that have got down and been able to interview them and talk to them and say, what was it like? And, you know, and want to know the detail and it's very exciting. But you think if we could speak with someone who'd been to heaven and experienced the heavenly realm where God dwells and we could sit down and we could say to them, what was it like? What did you see? What did you experience? What's it about? We'd find that a pretty exciting proposition. But the truth is we can do that. Jesus Christ came down to do that exactly, to come down and explain the kingdom of heaven, to to tell us, to tell mankind, this is what I have for you. This is where we're heading. And he didn't just come down and explain it. We know he came down and he demonstrated it. He healed people. There was miracles he explained to them parables and things concerning the kingdom of heaven. And he didn't just explain what it was like. He came and he paid the price and the cost of entry to go in with his own life. That's what he's done for us, for all of mankind. And then he didn't just leave a record that's, say, 2,000 years old for us to refer to. He, he went further than that again. He said, I'll give you my comforter. I won't leave you alone. I will put my spirit inside of you to be with you until I come back again. What an incredible thing. And this Holy Ghost, it's, um, it's a spiritual GPS. We don't have to, we don't have to navigate through this life alone. You know, we've got, as we use the spirit, as we pray in it, as we seek the Lord, we make him the focus of our life. He steers us. He directs us. And he says, you know, slow down here, watch out for this. And and we get led, we get guided by the Spirit. And until we hit the destination, that's what we're here for. And it's, uh, you know, it's led by the Spirit, not our own spirit, not our own understanding, but in accordance with his word. It lines up and it agrees with the Scriptures. And that's how he guides and he directs us. Um, John chapter 16, if you want to turn there with me. Uh, verse 28, Jesus says, I came forth from the Father. I came from the realm of God and came into the world. He said, again, I leave the world and go to the Father. He was talking uh, to his disciples about him having to leave again. And uh, in verse 32, if we just skip there, it says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered. Uh, this was the disciples at that time, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, Yet and yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Jesus knew that his Father was with him. In verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ, when he was here, he described the kingdom, but he described the journey there too. He said, while we're in this world, we shall have tribulation. There will, there will be things to overcome, and uh, I don't think that we need. I need to tell anybody that. I think if we've stuck around for a while, we know there's things to overcome. And the word tribulation, you know, um, it means things like trouble and worry and anxiety and burden and affliction and ordeal and trial and adversity and hardship, sometimes tragedy, sometimes setback, sometimes difficulty and problems and and all of those things, 
But um, Jesus, he hasn't left us alone to deal with that. He said uh, He said he's going to be there with us. Um, Romans chapter 8, if you want to turn across to Romans. It's all worth it. Romans chapter 8. It says the Spirit itself, in verse 16, sorry, Romans 8 verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We know who we are because of receiving the Holy Spirit. And if children, in verse 17, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We, uh, Jesus Christ suffered when he was here. He had, uh, he had to bear more than we'll ever have to. But uh, the promise is, if, we, if we're prepared to, to do whatever it takes to walk with the Lord to overcome then the reward is that as Jesus Christ was glorified, well, that's going to be our portion. We're going to be glorified too. And, and Paul goes on to say in verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, be, worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, the vision of what the future holds. And at the same time, there's incredible things happening all around us. There's testimonies. There's miracles. There's uh, there's God working in our lives, in in our midst. I mean, just uh, this year here at Elizabeth, I think we've had about 22 baptisms, give or take, and about 16 people spirit filled. Things are happening. God's working. God's changing people's lives, and um and and it's 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 unreal to be part of it. Praise the Lord. We hope we see a lot more of it. But but God is working in our midst. He's doing things, and. You think, well, you know, why is God happy for our faith to be tried? Because, um, you know, we talk around and some people do it tough at times and that's not what we focus on. We don't focus on the hardship, we focus on the victory. But the reality is there's things to overcome in this life. And I just want to turn to um, the book of James, James chapter 1. It talks about the trying... Of our faith. It says uh, in James right here in verse, uh, James 1 and verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into, into diverse temptations, knowing this, understand this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And sometimes we might think, I've got enough patience, Lord, I don't need any more. But but he says it's a good thing. It, it, it works patience. And then he goes on and says, And let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience perfects us. We might not feel very perfected sometimes if we're really going through a hard time, but as day by day we overcome and we keep on, we keep on overcoming, we keep walking in the Lord and we keep walking in the Spirit. Well, God says we're being, we're being perfected. Patience perfects us and it says wanting nothing. It means we, we're entire. We don't lack anything because the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. They're justified. And so when we're in a position and we might have all kinds of things going on in our life that we're overcoming and we might think, oh, if, uh, I don't know how I'm traveling right now. But if we keep looking to the Lord 
and Jesus burst through the clouds and we're overcoming and we're hanging in there, then it says well, we're, we're living by faith. We might not have the victory yet. We might have all kinds of things that we are having to go through, but we keep looking to the Lord and that's perfecting us and it's a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, the world might say we lack because maybe we haven't got a healing yet or the provision that maybe hasn't happened for us yet. But because we've made a choice not to live our life just to do whatever feels good on a day-by-day basis, whatever feels good, I'll just go and do that. We've made a choice to walk on a straight path, the Lord's path. He says we, we're displaying faith, you know, and, and God doesn't look at our unwavering faith necessarily by what's going on in here because what goes on in here we don't have control of a lot of the time. All kinds of things enter our mind, but what he sees is what we do, that we keep overcoming, that we keep serving, that we keep doing what we're able to do in the Lord, what he's called us to do. And um, praise the Lord, that's a great thing. Um, God doesn't want us to condemn ourselves. What he wants to do is remind us that he's aligned us, he's made us joint heirs with his son. That's what he wants to remind, remind us of. This is who you are, joint heirs with my son. And to keep overcoming, to keep demonstrating patience and to keep on keeping on in the Lord. The watching side of it. I said about searching and us watching. In this world, the year 2018, um, always interesting to see what happens in the world during a year. Because there's a lot of stories that sometimes we uh, we get to pay a bit of attention to, maybe we don't, and it just sort of slips us by. But I just want to go through a few events that happened this year. Um, the end of last year, um, on the 15th of December 2017, we had the first same-sex wedding in Australia. The end of last year. The 24th, or in January this year, um, there were scientists in China, they uh, reported that the creation of the first uh, monkey clones has happened. And I've given them names. I don't know, I don't know if anybody knew that, but mankind playing with all kinds of stuff. Um, Elon Musk, the, uh, the guy who owns a, pro, a, a company called SpaceX, or is a shareholder, or whatever his position is there, I think they um, says they made their own, or their most powerful rocket they've manufactured to date, and um, they still have plans to go to Mars, and the date set at the moment uh, is 2024. The world's still searching. Um, in March, in 900 cities around the world, there was an international march, not the date, a march, a walk, um, and it was against, um, against mass gun violence. 900 cities in the world did it because we see so much of it in our media. Mass shootings, terrible things that happen. Um, there's so many things. You know, uh, in April, uh, the Israeli Prime Minister found. Uh, well, they're saying this is propaganda, but who knows? He found a whole bunch of documents about the Iranian government's nuclear program that they're not supposed to have. And so there's this, uh, you know, there's this jostling behind the scenes all the time. Donald Trump in in May withdrew from the Iranian nuclear agreement. Not long after that. Um, in June, we had, there's 109 people killed and hundreds wounded by a, vol- a volcano in Guatemala. Things that, just events that we might not pick up on or we might have. Um, the United States in June also withdrew from the, uh, the Human Rights Council. They, they pulled out of it. 
Um, in August, there's the heaviest flooding in India in a hundred years. And, um, yeah, a lot of people lost their life in September. Um, a magnitude 7.5 earthquake in Indonesia caused a tsunami, killed 2,256 people and thousands of other people injured. About, they say about 11,000 people injured from it. Um, NASA had put uh, another another probe on the surface of Mars in uh, in November, and um, also China again, uh, having played around with some genetic modification, have uh, they're talking about pregnancy of a, another genetically modified baby, and so there's all these things going on in our world that are just happening all the time, where mankind is jostling for position against one another power, for discovery, trying to create their own answers about what life means and about what, uh, I guess, just through their own intelligence and their own understanding. And Jesus Christ is saying to us, he's saying, watch. When you see all this stuff happening, and, and stay awake, as we said, don't, don't, don't be asleep. Stay active. He says, when you see all this happening, know that I'm, I'm getting very close. Um, Colossians chapter 2. Uh, verse 6 it says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The way that you received him, the way that you heard the gospel, so walk ye in him. Keep going. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in verse 10, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We are complete when we come to the Lord. The search, there's nothing else to that we need added to us. You know, Of course we want the... We want the fruits of the Spirit. We want the attributes of God in our life. But as far as this world is concerned, the search is over. We are made complete in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily, we have access to it. It's in us. And it says in verse 11, In whom also uh, you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And ye, or you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened. He's given us life. He's brought us back to life, resuscitated us. Together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. It's a clean slate. Every day as we walk with the Lord, it's a new day. And what was, what was yesterday is yesterday. And what is today is today. And we've got to walk on and we've got to remember that this is the position we've been put into. And what we need to be is convinced together. We need to be convinced that the search is over, that we have found the truth, the answer, where we're heading, you know, eternal life with the Lord. And we've got to stand together as the body of Christ with that, you know, that there be no division amongst you, that you speak the same thing, that we're unified in our vision and what we understand and where we're going together because because we are the testimony, we're the, we are the body of Christ, we are lights in this world that can't easily be hid. 
you know, to people. We hear um, Shay gave his testimony about just observing another young person. He sort of, where do you see another young person like that? And it drew him to come and have a look. And people do that. And, and we are all that light to people. I want to finish uh, in Mark chapter 13. Of course, in our watching, there's great service to be done. You know, it's not a, when we watch, when we're really watching the Lord and what's going on in this world, it, it does, it motivates us and God stirs us and he drives us to service. And we know we're all different parts of the body. We don't all play the same role in the body. There's different things that we're able to do. But whatever that part is that we're able to play, whatever service we're able to give, we've got to, we've got to let the Lord work that in our lives. We've got to, we've got to do that. And, um, Mark 13 verse 32, it says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. This is exclusive knowledge to God himself as to when Jesus is going to come back. And it says, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crow, the crowing, or in the morning, lest suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. I'll leave it there.